0: Welcome to Match of the Year Podcast. I am Chris Garcia. We're going back to one of the best matches ever in the history of ever. And that is Kenta Kobashi versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams. If you've never seen this match, you're missing out. It is the perfect version of three different ideas that existed in professional wrestling at this time, particularly in all Japan. The idea of... The overpowered foreigner coming against the plucky young Japanese work. The idea that we were seeing at this point in all Japan about the rise of the four pillars of heaven. Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, and Tawe, And how they were going to become the next star. But then there's this other idea that is more generalized. It's this idea of what does it take to beat the American? What does it take to beat the superstar. Steve Dr. Death Williams was arguably one of the top five workers in the world at this point. I would say Misawa Kobashi Kawada Williams, and probably, it was 93, so you're looking at Bret Hart and one of his peaks. You're also seeing Ric Flair, is the other sort of name that would pop to my head. Vader also comes up. I think one of the things about this match is it's stiff as all get out. Maybe not quite as stiff as Kobashi versus Hansen, but it has brutality written all over it. And one of the things is that there is no more legitimate, tough human being than Steve Dr. Death Williams. And yeah, his reputation took a big hit with Brawl for All, but legitimately he was a tough... Tough, tough guy. And he exuded that. His charisma was based on a legitimate toughness. And he was one of the most charismatic workers at that point. There, There's almost no one else I could think of who would have the same sort of idea, except for maybe Misawa. Uh, maybe Shawn Michael. It is a very different charisma from anyone else except for Hanson and Terry Gordy, though he was on the downslope here, who was working in AJW. And in a way, this match establish that same concept for Kobashi. Because we have to remember, Kenta was the low man on the totem pole of the Four Pillars of Heaven. Even Tawei was positioned higher, partly because of age, partly because of his background. But Kobashi was the plucky upstart in a way. In essence, he was Misawa going into... The Saruda match. The flow of this match is perfect. The selling is the most legitimate selling you'll see. Steve Williams should have been brawler of the year in 1993. Even more so, I will take this 100%, even more so than Mick Foley, who was having a great year, yeah, but the legitimacy of Williams' offense and the legitimacy of his selling, it's very, very smart. Kobashi, on the other hand, looked just as crisp. Everything Kobashi did was perfection the way he takes a clothesline the way he sells a shoulder block and the way he gives himself in to the dangerous backdrop drive it's no wonder that all of the four pillars have pretty significant problems with their knees backs and neck the head drop era of all japan did some damage but it also led to amazing matches I'm not saying that is a good thing. What I'm saying is it's a real thing. I think that this match overall, when you weigh it against the brilliance of the Hanson match, I think they're both five-star matches. I think what draws me to this one better is that it is the continuation of the Hanson match for Kobash. It is the idea that he survived a match with Stan Hansen, in which he had the absolute living hell beat up, only to come into a match with Steve Williams and... It's not shocking to me that when we see the four pillars of heaven feud, the tag feud, Kobashi, Misawa versus Tawei and Kawada, that one, he does some jobs there, of course, because he's the low man on that totem pole, but he is presented as their equal in spirit. And we'd already had one of the most amazing matches of all time, the Furness and Crawford versus Kobashi and Kikuchi. That match, which I consider to be one of the best of all time, I have a hard time thinking of any match outside of all Japan that tops, but what we have is Kobashi Ascendant. He is not going to replace Misawa, or Kawada for that matter, yet. But this establishment of him as a superstar, as the ultimate fighting spirit, always bumping up against and giving it all he's got against the American, but coming up short, that's a great story. And in essence, he could lose to Hanson and Williams and lose nothing as long as he looks good in it. Having him at this point do a long program with either Kobashi and Misawa as a singles would have probably hurt him though they all had matches. It was this match, I think, that solidified him as the next Misawa, I think. And when we finally get the big feud in 97-98 and then again in 2003, it is because of what was established in Hanson and the Williams matches that make him able to present the powerful persona, the resilient persona that made Kobashi a legitimate Hall of Famer. Thanks for listening to Match of the Year podcast. I'm going to have a couple of interesting matches coming up. It's been a long time. It'll be a long time before the next one, too, but not quite so long. I'm likely also going to be doing an episode about the Hall of Fame when it comes out and also about two of my more favorite matches of this year, and that's Dragonov versus Jordan Devlin, now JD McDonough or whatever they're calling him. And Sheamus versus Gunter, which I think is a match that is very closely related to both the Kobashi-Williams and the Kobashi-Hansen match. When you look at how they're both moving straight ahead the whole time. So I hope you'll stay tuned. <laughs>